Welcome to Martin and Cut. This is episode 119, and today's date is August the 3rd, 2021. And today's episode is new podcast format, iPad and Obsidian. Today's topics will be the new podcast format, I bought a new iPad, and Obsidian on the iPad. But now, let's get started. So, I have been quiet for quite some time, and of course I didn't give up podcasting, but Swedish summer and Swedish vacations happened, and I think I was a little bit too optimistic in what I was going to be able to do when it came to podcasting. I was hoping that I was going to be able to record not every day that I usually do, but at least now and then. But now, three, four weeks later, and nothing has been released. I should have been able to realize that already from the beginning. But life is like it is. Right now, my personal situation has changed a little bit. And because of that, I will need to do some changes. Up until now, I have been working as a CRM consultant, actually. I've been doing that for the last... 12, 13 years. I haven't been consultant all that time, but I've been working with the CRM system that long. And as of yesterday, August the 1st, I have actually now stopped working as a consultant because I thought it was time to switch focus from heavy IT consultancy focus to actually focus on people, humans, and well-being. As of the 1st, I am working full-time as a getting things done, a GTD trainer. I am currently building a company in Sweden that will deliver courses and coaching and seminars and everything around getting things done in this country. This is not the first time I am creating or setting up a company. I have been doing that in the past and I know that when you do that, you need to focus. You need to put your full focus and your full energy into this project. Otherwise, it will not fly. Since I would like to get a salary sometime in the future, I think I need to get this to fly pretty quickly. So focus is one of the really, really most important things for me at the moment. During the last six months, I have recorded 118 episodes, almost Every working day, I was able to crank out an episode. And as you may remember, my goal was to release daily. I was going to push out an episode that is at least two minutes. But what we saw was it was most often closer to 10 minutes, between 10 minutes and 15 minutes, because that is so much time you actually need if you want to talk about something so it actually makes sense. If I want to talk about any of those topics that I usually talk about in this podcast, two minutes is a little bit short, so it ended up being 10-15 minutes. I was quite good at doing it daily. There was a few days I missed here and there when reality kicked in, but otherwise I was able to, to do that. But now when my life is changing, I need to have the focus on building this business. And that means that I will not be able to have too much different, I wouldn't say distractions, but things pulling on my focus on a daily basis. So 
that means that from now on, this podcast has a little bit different format, and I hope that you will still like it. I want to just share with you shortly what the new format will be. So instead of giving you a show every day, I'm going to aim to give you a show every week. The show will then, of course, be longer. It will be around 30 minutes, and every show will have a couple of, you could say, blocks of topics or uh, different subject blocks within. So if you remember my old podcast, then every podcast was essentially a subject block or a content block. So in this new format, you will receive uh, two, three of those, so maybe four sometimes in every show. So it will be a longer show, but with distinct sections within them. Before, my show was uncut, and with that I meant I didn't edit it. But going forward, I will still be uncut. No one will ever be able to censor me or say what I should talk about or shouldn't talk about. So that's still going to be uncut in that way. But the show needs to be edited because I will most likely record a content block here and a content block there. And then in the end, I will be able to edit them together and put them into a complete show. The show will now be edited. And I will actually talk, I think, already next week a little bit more about the change to my podcasting workflow because I've talked about that quite a lot over the last six months. So now I'm doing a dramatic change to the workflow, uh, not too much the equipment I'm going to use. I'm going to use the same microphone, still same uh, mixer and everything. And I'm doing the recording in the same room. So everything is more or less the same. But what I do after I have recorded, it's going to change. And that is so I do this section, so these quick recordings. And in the end of the week, I will edit them together to a show and I will release them on a Tuesday. So this is the first episode that you will get from me uh, for this Tuesday, August the 3rd. And already next week you will get the next one. But during that week I'm actually on vacation. So that whole show will of course have been recorded and scheduled to be released uh, this week as well. By having a weekly show I can a little bit better meet vacations and things that happens, travels and things that could impact my podcasting schedule. But that being said, about the new format, let's get into the interesting content of the show. I have bought a new iPad. So let me explain a little bit. I had an old iPad, an old iPad Pro. I don't exactly know which version it was. It was the one that was still rounded on the edge. It was not the one with the modern one that is quite square, looks like the iPhone 12. So it was probably four or five years old and it worked really, really well. I used it quite a lot, actually every day. I mainly used it for media consumption. So I watched so much YouTube on that iPad. And I also used it to do a lot of browsing. So when I was at home, this was my go-to device. I used it to do browsing and checking things, reading articles and those kind of things. And at home, I did not use my computer that much, unless I really needed to sit down and do some real work. 
And in contrast to this, I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro that is my computer. So it's a, quite a big, heavy laptop. It has a tendency to be quite warm, actually, which is a quite big negative for it. So I, I don't prefer to have it in my lap. If I don't do any heavy work, that kind of works. But as soon as I do something that is heavy for the machine, it, it is not comfortable to have in the lap anymore. So that's why I prefer to have it on the desk when I work with it and not in my lap. When I'm around in the house, especially in the evenings after work, it's not the, the, my preferred laptop. Now, a few days ago, my daughter needed to have an iPad because she was going to go to Italy with her mom. We needed to have something to distract her with during the flight. And also it's good to have something that she can watch or play with in the evening. So when you get these odd moments where you actually need to, to keep her busy. She got my iPad and I did, of course, reinstall it and gave her uh, an iPad with almost no applications, just Netflix and YouTube for kids. That was a super, super happy kid. And that worked really, really well. But it took me like one and a half day and I really, really missed my iPad. Quite quickly, I decided that I, I need a new iPad. So I started to look around. And in the beginning, I was pretty sure that an iPad Air would probably be enough. I mean, an iPad Air is, is really powerful. It looks great. And you can have the keyboards and everything hooked up to it as well. What I wanted to do was, of course, I wanted to do the same thing with this iPad like I had done with my previous iPad. So YouTube, Netflix, browse the net, read a lot on it. But I thought maybe I can use this machine or this device to also produce content. I am on my old iPad. I sometimes wrote. I had an external keyboard. It wasn't great, but I could write on it. And I used that to write into Evernote. You can look back to some of my older episodes where I talk a little bit about that. But I really wanted to be able to actually produce more on it. I wanted to have a better writing experience on it than I had with a normal keyboard. And it would actually be quite interesting if I also could use it to produce audio, sound, video, at least small uh, segments, but also to actually edit pictures that I use for different type of web pages. By looking around, the new iPad Pro seemed to be more and more interesting, especially now with the M1 processor. It is so insanely overpowered, but the only bad thing is that iPadOS is actually holding the device back. The device is so powerful and you can't really use it all in iPadOS as it is today. So hopefully there will be a lot of changes to iPadOS going forward. But things that is a little bit CPU intensive, so like editing sound, compiling MP3 files after the sound, that should be doable on an iPad today, since I can do it on my, my MacBook. You should also be able to actually produce video or edit video on the device. It's really powerful. And of course, if you can do both of that, the image section shouldn't be a problem either. In the end, I decided to go with the iPad Pro. I decided to go with the 11 inch. And the reason I chose the 11 inch is that I think the 12 inch is actually a little bit too big to, uh, to be a pad. It's more of a, a big computer if you get it. It's also quite expensive. And the big one doesn't fit into my teleprompter so sometimes when i do 
recordings, talking head recordings, I have a real teleprompter, like a mirror uh, with uh, with this half see-through glass, and then I slide my iPad in there, and the iPad acts as the screen in the teleprompter, and that is working really, really well. But the 12-inch iPad will not fit into this teleprompter. I ended up with the 11-inch iPad Pro. I have uh, bought it, of course, and have used it for, I would say, half a week, almost a week soon. I think it is actually insanely fast. Everything I do with it, it just happens instantly. So I'm really, really amazed by the speed. So if you open an application, it's just it just blinks and it's there. And everything you do in the application is instantaneously. And also things like installing an application that sometimes in the past, I mean, took a couple of seconds, it just flashes by and it's installed. It's really, really fast. I really like it. If you look at the screen, the old iPad didn't use the real estate as well as the new iPad is because there is no buttons or anything and the bezel around the screen is now a lot more evenly distributed on the screen, I would say. I also actually bit the bullet and bought the Apple Magic Keyboard. As you know, I am a real keyboard nerd. You can just look back on the podcast and see my 50 episodes about keyboards, especially the the Moonlander. And I also have uh, another ergonomical keyboard, a Ducky 1-2, that I actually will be using together with my iPad in a little bit. I've heard both good and bad things about this iPad keyboard on YouTube. It's really, really expensive, and I would say that it's actually probably really too expensive to to make sense. But I wanted also a case, so then maybe I should buy a keyboard and another case, and the other keyboard I had to my other iPad. It kind of worked, but it wasn't nice. And in the end, I just said, okay, let's bite the bullet and buy it. The keyboard is actually quite nice. It is pretty heavy, so when you have the, the iPad and the keyboard together... It is heavy. It's, it's, I think the iPad and keyboard, it almost weights like half of my normal laptop. But still, it's, it's quite comfortable to have in your lap. The keys, they are, they are not mechanical, but there is a good resistance when you type on it. I am actually quite fast writing on this device. So I'm really happy with the keyboard so far. But there was a little bit of a mishap, I would say. I had an first-gen Apple Pencil at home that I bought for the old iPad. And I was hoping to be able to use that pen on this new iPad. And I misread on Apple's webpage, but I realized quite quickly that that is not the case. I cannot use the first-gen pen with this iPad. Another thing that I didn't really realize before, of course I knew about it, but I didn't realize what it meant to me. This iPad doesn't have a three and a half millimeter headphone plug, so you need to use Bluetooth headphones. Bluetooth headphones is perfect if you listen to videos or watch movies or those kind of things, but not if you edit sound because you have too much lag for it to be workable. I had to go back online and order a Apple Pencil, the second gen, and I also bought a USB-C to three and a half millimeter stereo dongle. As you understand, I will try to edit audio on this device. And actually, this episode has probably been edited on the device. 
for my, my old iPad Pro, I bought the first gen Apple Pencil. That is probably one of the investments, if I can call buying computer stuff investments. I use that pen maybe four or five times because I don't really like how it is to write on glass. But a lot of the applications that I've been looking into be using, things for video editing, for audio editing, for picture editing, they work really well with the pen. I really, really hope that this time around I will be able to use the pen for something actually productive. But we will know in a, in a few months if I'm crying and saying that I'm so stupid, you know why. That was a little bit an introduction to the iPad Pro 11-inch that I just had. I will come back already in the next episode to talk a little bit about my experience actually doing production work on this device in comparison to what I have been doing in the past. Let's get on to the next section. Obsidian on the iPad then. Well, let's start to talk just quickly about Obsidian. So Obsidian is a text editor and I started to use that back in the spring after my Evernote started to misbehave. There is an episode, I'll link to it in the show notes about that whole thing, or actually I think it's two or three different episodes, but I had a data loss and after that I migrated out from Evernote. And then I chose to use Obsidian instead as my note taker. And it's note taker as anyone else. You take your notes in Markdown and you can, you have two modes. So you can be in edit mode where you take the notes in Markdown and you have a view mode where you can watch the note in a rendered way. You can also link these notes together and you can use tags. One of the really strong sides or strong things with Obsidian is that you can actually install a ton of different plugins. And I use a few. One is called Advanced Tables, for example. It helps you render tables in Markdown format. Another one is Daynotes. So you can create like a diary easily by just clicking a link. Or if you already had it, you can add on to that link. You can also see that's a daily scratch note or something like that. There's also an extension called Data View that you can use to take metadata from your notes and build different type of views. So you can get some functionalities, not exactly as Notion, but in the Notion kind of way, a database feeling. In addition, there is also plugins for Kanban, for example, or to do mind maps. Uh, all of these things are plugins for. One thing that natively is really, really important and strong built into Obsidian is the linking part. So you can link your notes together and essentially build a web of notes. And that is the really, really strong side, I would say, with Obsidian, that you can build this interrelationship. By default, there is also this graph view. It will actually, by looking at your links, build up a cloud or a graph of your notes and you can see how they are related to each other. I use two different Obsidian databases or they are actually called vaults when it's Obsidian. I use one for my everyday type of notes and I have one that I use for my personal knowledge management system. And in the personal knowledge management systems, I add my literature notes from when I read articles or books. 
And then I use a settle custom system. So essentially I take those notes and I break them down to atomic pieces that I then add as small notes. And these small notes, they are linked together by these links. So I can get a, a link. So when I look at my personal knowledge management system, I can actually browse it. So I can go to one topic and from this topic I can see, okay, what relationships does this have? How does this knowledge or this thing relate to other things? And based on this, I can then get knowledge out of the system. Most of this knowledge is already in my head, but by using this system, I get reminded. And I also see relationships and links that I otherwise wouldn't have seen. And that is really, really powerful. And this system grows as I read more and more books or articles or things. My settled custom system grows. I add things in there often. But that is a very separate thing. So that's my knowledge. That is science. That is books I read. Things like that. Everything else that I take notes of that I need to have or store or use somewhere else, I have in my other vault. And that is just called Martin's Notes, essentially. There is all my podcast notes for all my different episodes, the show notes, essentially. There is business meeting notes. There is family notes. There is a lot of things in here. And that grows and grows and grows, but it's actually interconnected. And also this linking system here is really powerful also in this case. I can go to a customer and from the customer, I can see which projects I have had and there can be different people in these projects that I can, can just see. And then I can go to a person and I can say, okay, which, which companies is this person working at and in which projects and so on. So you kind of get this web. Uh, you kind of can, maybe I can understand how, how this builds out, but it's, it's really powerful. And this application was a Mac OS, Windows or Linux software only, a desktop software actually for quite some time. But there has been a lot of talk for a long time about the mobile application, the iOS application. That just became publicly available. I could have gotten hold of it by becoming a premium member on the Obsidian site and by using TestFlight and that way get access to the beta and try it out. But I don't feel good to actually install those kind of things on my, my phone or my iPad because I use these devices for my day-to-day -day life. And if they would stop working, that would be quite bad for me. So I would like to have this, or I would want to wait for this application to become stable. And now they are finally stable. So I'm super happy to try them out. I have, of course, downloaded it to my new iPad to try it out. I also downloaded it to my phone. It works well, but the screen is quite small, so you can use it to kind of consume the content. And especially my note-taking Vault is really good to have access to on my phone. So I now have that available there. But the real power comes now when I have my new iPad because that is really easy to actually write on since I have the external keyboard. I am using that to enter things and also read things from actually both my vaults. So I can be sitting on my iPad reading an article and take notes in Obsidian at the same time. That is, is really powerful. Most or all of the plugins that I use, they work on both the desktop and on iOS. I had, haven't found anything that doesn't work. I have heard a rumor though that there are some plugins that do not work. So far I have not been affected by that. It's uh, probably just a matter of time until these other plugins are fixed so that they actually also will work on the iPad version. I had my vault 
stored on Dropbox. So I can use it on my MacBook and also on my Windows PC. But the iOS version of the software do not support sync towards Dropbox. And that is not really Obsidian's fault. It's more of the architecture of the iOS system that is causing this to be the case. Since um, Dropbox cannot be run in the background, the sync cannot really work. So that is why Dropbox sync is not supported on the iOS version. But this really caused me some problem. I moved first my vault over to iCloud because iCloud sync will work because then that is natively done by iOS. I set up everything so I had now my Obsidian working well on my Mac and also worked on my iOS. Now, of course, my Windows machine would not work anymore since uh, that is not connected to my iCloud device, but I could live with that. That's not a problem. But what I realized was that all my automations that I have set up in other tools, such as a draft, that was exporting text from these applications into my vault by just creating a file inside the vault, would no longer work because they could not write into the Obsidian structure on iCloud. There is rules built into iOS and to macOS that it's, uh, those areas are actually protected by iCloud or by the OS. So it's only the application that's owning that domain or vault that can write into these. So that was a big problem for me. And I tried out some workarounds, but they were really cumbersome and really slowed down my whole workflow. I had to give up this uh, way of syncing. The other way you can sync data between a desktop and iOS, and there is actually only these two, is by using Obsidian Sync Service. And that is something that you need to buy. I bought a subscription for 40 US dollars a year, which um, is a little bit of money actually, uh, if you think about it. It's almost the same price as an Evernote subscription. But I, I wanted to try it out, so I bought it for a year, and then I I went along to move my vaults back to Dropbox as they were from before. So I had Obsidian set up like that. And then I synced those over to Obsidian Sync and I was able to get it onto both platforms working well. The problem here is really only that uh, the sync will be run from within the application. It's not a major problem on the iOS device, but if I use drafts, for example, and I export a file, that will end up, I have a folder in my Obsidian Vault called uh, Inbox, of course. I'm a GTDer after all. So it ends up in my Inbox in my Obsidian Vault. That will not be available on my iOS device until I actually start Obsidian and start that Vault on my desktop because it's the application, the desktop application that is also managing the sync. So that is uh, a little bit downside because when I use the uh, Dropbox only system, I could just drop the file into Dropbox and Dropbox would manage the sync and it would immediately be out to all the other devices automatically. A heads up here though is if you are using Obsidian Sync, you should be really careful to hook up the vaults to other sync services like Dropbox or iCloud because you may end up with sync conflicts. For me, this is not a problem because it's only gonna be my Mac that is using the vault on Dropbox. 
so I will not put anything other to uh, to that folder. So I should not get any sync conflicts. Hopefully, I can see I can at least not see the occasion where that would happen. So if you're setting this up, be really really careful. The good thing is you have end-to-end -end encryption with the Obsidian Sync because uh, for each vault you decide an encryption password that is different from your Obsidian password. Uh, that will encrypt your whole vault for you. And I recommend you to not lose that key because you're probably quite uh, in a quite bad situation if you lose your encryption key. Uh, because since it's end-to-end, -end, no one will be able to help you de decrypt your vault. So I feel quite safe using this sync service to actually ho uh, host my data. Overall, uh, with the new Obsidian iPad app, I am really, really happy that it was released. So I can now work natively with the application. And this is probably going to be one of the top five, top ten applications for my use on the platform. If you're on iOS user, Mac user, using note-taking systems, I recommend for you to take a look at Obsidian and Obsidian on the iPad. It's a fantastic application. This was all I had for you today. So we talked a little bit about the new format of the podcast today. And after that, I went over to talk about the iPad I purchased. And finally, we talked about Obsidian and iOS. I hope you enjoyed the show. I definitely enjoyed doing it for you. If you liked it, please feel free to share it with friends, family or a co-worker because the more people that hear about it and subscribe, the bigger the audience is and that would put a big smile on my face. So until next week, have a fantastic time and see you then. Ciao, ciao. Martin Uncut, your daily technology dose.